Good morning, good evening, wherever you are. Uh, my name is Thomas Steininger. I welcome you to Radio Evolve, our international webcast for consciousness and culture. I'm very happy to have here with me uh, Steve Pratt from London. Steve, welcome to the show. Thank you, Thomas. It's great to be here. Steve, you have a, a very interesting website that you call Third Space. And um, in fact, um, I would like to investigate with you what this third space is that you are talking about. But to start with, you are very interested in intercultural dialogue. You yourself, you're British, and you lived um, a of your life in India. And I think it's fair to say that your personal experience of the meeting of these two cultures and two civilizations, the European, British one, and uh, the Indian civilization in the context of European colonization is one of the starting points that interested you to kind of find out what is this uh, different cultural perspectives? How do they meet? How do they unfold? And also we can say that after, yeah, whatever, 500 years of European colonization, we are very much used to that our European perspective of world history, of world culture, is a universal one. And um, it seems that more and more scholars in uh, the countries of the Global South are started, starting to question this paradigm that uh, our Western uh, perspective, uh, our Western enlightenment is a universal one, that there's something particular that we are missing. Just to start with, can you share with us what triggered this interest? Uh, how, how did you get there? And what is it what really drives you to investigate this clash of civilization, but also this dialogue of civilizations? Great, you summed up a lot there, Thomas. Um, so, uh, yeah, so basically this all started for me really um, as a result of spending what amounted to six or seven years of living and working in India. And um, it started for me at a certain point because it dawned on me that I just started to, to notice in the way that uh, Indians related to things, that they related to things in a very different way than I did. And this started a process of thinking in me. And I realized that actually, as time went by, I started to realize that actually the way uh, Indian people, particularly I'm talking traditionally now, traditionally that means I'm talking about the vast population, not so much the highly educated Indians, but particularly um, gen the general public relate to the world in a very different way than I do. Um, and this started to, through all the interactions I was having over that period of time, I started to realize that, in fact, India is a completely different civilization from, from the one where I come from. So this was the start of uh, my thinking. And then when I came back to the West, I decided to go back to university um, in my early 60s and uh, study uh, particularly about the British relationship to India, because being British, I was very curious to know um, what happened uh, while the British were in India. And um, uh, because uh, one of the things that I also experienced while I was in India was basically just how, on one hand, 
ordinary people seem to carry a very different form of thinking, a very different form of relating to the world than the highly educated. Mm -hmm. And uh, as most people are probably aware, India, uh, as is the case with many other civilizations in the world, have a kind of adopted a sort of Western universalist framework for their systems and for their thinking. Um, and um, so there is something of a clash between this traditional uh, understanding or way of looking at the world and, and what has been adopted, um, which I soon began to understand through the colonial period when the British were in India. I mean, as it turned out, I discovered that the British basically literally changed the form of thinking from the ground up um, during the time they colonized India. And um, that means that they, particularly through education, they, they educated Indians uh, as if they were Western people. And because they fundamentally believed that the, the Western worldview was universal, they felt it was basically superior to um, forms of thinking that existed in these other civilizations. And they felt that they were, you know, basically helping Indians to, to, if you like, sort of take a leap in their own civilizational development by incorporating Western thinking. But of course, what's happened um, over time uh, as a result of colonialism is that, uh, is that Indians have almost entirely lost touch with their own civilizational form of thinking. Um, uh, the, the dominance of the middle class now in India, the educated middle class, means that there has been more and more a movement away from and a lack of, uh, let's say, real appreciation or understanding the significance of India's own civilizational thinking has meant that um, this uh, this, these other forms of thinking, this is, this, I'm focusing on India now, but it, obviously this is, this is, exists in other civilizations as well. Um, these cultures' own form of civilizational thinking has been pushed aside in the face of this sort of sweep of, of universalist Western, um, epistemology, which, which, um, which is now we see basically running the systems across the world. One question I have. Um, one also could say, okay, that's fair enough. I understand there are all these fantastic cultures like the Indian culture, the Chinese culture, the African cultures, and we really have to take care to preserve the heritage of these cultures. At the same time, uh, there is a process of modernization that is a universal one. Rationality is universal. Human rights a human uh, universal democracy uh, should be a universal process. So yes, we have to preserve uh, different backgrounds, but uh, there is one universal process of modernity that we all join together as one humanity. Is this the perspective you're supporting or you think there's something flawed about uh, looking at this from this point of view? No, I think that that's, uh, I think that that's very fair. And obviously there's been huge significance to, um, take, just taking something like human rights, for example, the significance of, uh, universal human rights has been a very important sort of evolutionary step, uh, globally. Um, so, um, unfortunately though, I mean, it, it, you know, in spite of the, 
the uh, I, I mean I think there's great great important significance to this uh, uh, to this universalism um, but I think there is the other side of the picture is that unfortunately um, uh, because of the nature of where this uh, thinking has come from, uh, which is which is a which is a tradition of one particular part of the world, um, and uh, it, it's uh, it has tended to push aside these other forms of thinking, other ways of looking at the world, uh, and uh, which are quite different. They actually tend to be more holistic, um, more integrated, uh, whereas the, uh, the Western form of thinking, uh, which we have inherited for, for millennia, um, tends to be, uh, it, it's very particular, it's very focused on rationalism, uh, on, um, a kind of thinking that basically, uh, let's say it's very linear. It, 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 it's based on a kind of very hard division between subject and object. Um, these, these, this form of thinking has had certain repercussions around the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, one of them being that other forms of thinking that look at the world in a different way that also, uh, particularly I would argue now, have enormous relevance and significance have been pushed aside and mm-hmm. i think this is this is really what i'm pointing to i'm not i'm not saying there isn't great value in in western universalism but um a lot has been lost in the process mm-hmm. maybe let's look into uh, the indian culture uh, just because uh, you you are uh, very immersed and you studied deeply Indian culture and of course one could do the same or similar things with Chinese cultures and other cultures. Mm. Uh, from your own expertise, from your experience, from your studies, what are these different perspectives that were pushed aside by our uh, Western rational uh, subjectivism? Let's call it this way. What are these other perspectives that you're talking about? Why are they interesting? Why are they important? That's a great question. So um, the reason why, and I mean, obviously, third space is not only focused on, um, you know, cultures such as India. Uh, it also has um, a real interest in the kind of thinking that's emerging in the West right now. So it's not like we are only focused on 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 other civilizations like India. But um, What I've found, uh, particularly in India, um, because that's where I've spent most time, and I've, I've actually also noticed that there's a lot of correlation between some of these civilizations. They share certain things, um, which um, which I think is quite interesting. But let's just focus, just focusing on India for the moment. Um, I would say a simple way of, of, of looking at... at At, an, at the understanding that I think is in India is that there is um, there is a certain let's say uh, um, I think generally in Indian culture traditionally there is a um, an understanding of something which you could call a spiritual perspective or a perspective of being if you like which 
is inherent to the way everything is looked at. Um, at, at, at there isn't this hard division between subject and object. There is a kind of more integrated, holistic way of looking at the world. Um, to take for an example, if you look at something like Ayurveda, which is a um, traditional form of Indian medicine, um, <clears throat> it's not a, a, a mechanical, it doesn't look at the body as a mechanism. Um, it, it basically um, sees the human being in a much more integrated way, and it has as its root a, a, a perspective on life, which is fundamentally unified. So, in other words, it doesn't um, it, it, it doesn't separate uh, any aspect of the human experience. So it tends to look at everything in terms of relationship, in terms of an integral, holistic relationship. And all, and that is the way uh, traditional thinking uh, functioned in, in, in all aspects of human life, essentially. And, you know, Ayurveda just being one of them. So I, I think it, it's particularly that uh, underlying, let's say, perspective of the unified nature of, of existence that um, gives, I think, uh, and obviously that would include the, 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 um, the unified relationship with the natural world, uh, which gives this much more holistic perspective, which we are so lacking um, in, in Western thinking. I mean, Of course, we also are talking in times of climate crisis and the relationship to nature, uh, the relationship to earth is something that uh, is just uh, uh, a very hot topic. Let's call it this way. Mm. And what you are saying, there is something in our Western epistemology in the way how we see things uh, as subjects, uh, objects that are perceived as subjects may have something to do with the way how we created our economic system and our industrial system. And that these traditional uh, perspectives that have um, not the sharp distinction between a separate sense of I and all the others that have a sense of a relatedness um, maybe also have answers that are important for us when we're talking how can we find a solution to this uh, more than pressing crisis of uh, climate collapse. Absolutely. Uh, I, I believe that to be very much the case. Um, I think this also brings up the, the, the issue of how most of us who um, live in the Western world are, uh, don't really realize that we actually have a particular way of looking at the world. Mm -hmm. Uh, we've been educated into that particular way of looking at the world from a very young age. And it's hard for us in the West to imagine that there could be other ways of looking at the world. I think, I think that's a very fascinating point in itself. And um, one of the, uh, obviously one of the most pressing sort of uh, issues in relationship to this is the fact that because we have this very hard and fast 
dualism between subject and object, and in this case, ourselves, and let's take, for example, the natural world, you know, there is this way in which we um, feel very much that the, the, the you know, the, there is in that all these opportunities for extraction, uh, which, which have become such a, a problematic part of the uh, sort of pressing crisis in, in, in the world right now is because we sort of feel that, that, that the earth is somehow there for us and we can just extract from it as much as we want um, uh, without, the, without it being an issue. And um, whereas more traditional cultures, more traditional civilizations like India, um, see, the, see uh, the natural world as very much being an, an inter, integrally related to the, the, the natural world. They don't see it as something as separate from them. A lot of the difficulties that we have are really related to our relationship to nature. And that uh, we Westerners developed a certain relationship to this uh, that um, we find as uh, a natural, as you're saying, a natural relationship. We, we don't question that. And maybe it is part of um, uh, how things work out when you are in the center of a big game, uh, which is called a world civilization, which is called colonization, that you, you are not aware that you have a particular perspective. You just think this is how things are. When you are more on the margins, uh, you are more aware that there's a difference between how the center thinks and how you think. But when you sit in the center like uh, the Europeans and the Americans do, it's very easy to kind of see, oh, these are just the local ways of doing things. There's a universal one, and that's ours. So as I understand you, there is a chance for us to see that this particular different culture, civilizations, the Indians and all the others, have something that we really can learn something from, and first of all, to realize that our way of looking is a particular way of looking. Just to, to get out of the blind spot, to think uh, this is how it is. No, this is not how it is. This is how we see it. Yeah, I think that's, that's, a, that's a great and central point. Um, and I think it's, it's really uh, very much what we're trying to do with Third Space, really, is to uh, is to exactly say that, which is that this is um, to to have us to start to realize that actually this is a particular way of looking at the world. So if we can start there and actually recognize that, that really is the beginning. Uh, so I, I think that's the central point. Um, and then I think we need to start to understand, well, what is that particular way of looking at the world? And that, that, that's led to this uh, crisis that we're finding ourselves in, particularly in relationship to the natural world right now. Um, and um, so I think, and I think another aspect of that, which I think is important to put in there, is, is to start, I, I, I think it's helpful to start to think civilizationally rather than how we tend to think in the modern world in terms of the nation state. Um, actually long, I mean, the nation state is actually fairly young, long before the nation state 
appeared, um, we, 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 we can understand the world a lot better through looking at it civilizationally. And I think as a civilization in, 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 in Europe and in the West in general, we developed a particular form of thinking, um, which, um, I mean, could be argued to go all the way back to the Greeks, but certainly since the European Enlightenment and the emergence of, of science, um, there was this split that got created. Uh, between ourselves and the natural world. And this split has allowed us to um, basically have this very extractive relationship to the natural world, where we basically see almost like the natural world as an opponent rather than a uh, something which is seen as a, uh, in these other civilizations, as a, as a great gift as something that, that, that we have an intimate relationship with. So um, these more traditional um, and much uh, more um, holistic uh, civilizations have this very intimate relationship with the natural world in which they very much see themselves as working with the natural world rather than seeing it as some kind of... Uh, uh, force that we need to have control over, which is which is very much the uh, where we where we've uh, developed our our thinking in 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 the Western civilization. Maybe it also helps to uh, just change perspective and uh, try to see things from the other side. And uh, in order to do so. Uh, as you spend uh, a lot of time uh, with Indian friends, with Indian scholars, and uh, got familiar also how they see the West, how say how they see this perspective that is so natural for us. From their point of view, uh, what is this Western civilization? What makes this Western civilization distinct from their civilization? Where where, where do see where do they see uh, that? Uh, the Western civilization uh, has also deficiencies that from their point of view are very obvious and uh, just very, very visible. Yes, I think, I think that, um, you see, I think that, that one of the things that stands out uh, to me when in meeting um, Indians who are very concerned with what's happening to their own civilization as a result of, of colonialism um, they, uh, they see that they, they, they have a hard time really understanding how we in the West, um, uh, are not more open to the world itself, if you like. Um, there's a certain quality of, of, of willingness to unlearn. Mm -hmm. um, uh, that uh, uh, Indian friends have and feel that uh, Western people, you know, in order to actually discover something other than their own particular uh, perspective, there needs to be a process of unlearning in a way of, and, and that's a, that's, that, that I think is a really great starting point. It's almost like mm -hmm. being willing to just um, to, as we said, to, 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 to start to think, well, maybe there are other ways of looking at the world. And from that perspective, just to, to actually begin to kind of let go 
actively willing to go through a process of unlearning. And I think just opening that up creates the space for some, um, for, for other ways of looking at things. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's that process of unlearning that is really uh, what um, Indian friends really uh, feel is necessary for, for um, people in the West. Uh, because we are so fixated on our own uh, knowledge system and the way we the way we we gain knowledge of the world mm-hmm. through that way of thinking. Now that's interesting. Let's go into this idea of unlearning, because uh, when I heard first about it, and interesting enough, it were also Indian friends who told me about that. <laughs> I was uh, let's say more than skeptical, because. Um, uh, Being an educated uh, uh, Western uh, uh, person, uh, and also just the way I think uh, learning is important. You have to learn, uh, and somehow it's, it's, it's just true. Uh, learning is a very important uh, thing for us uh, to really understand. Uh, you have to get educated. So the the the, the idea uh, to unlearn, to uneducate, uh, didn't make any sense to me. Really, it did not make any sense. And it took me quite a while uh, to understand something behind it that I'm, I'm able, I, that I'm now more able to see, I don't know to which degree, that learning is not just learning, it's also something, as you said it, putting in between. It's creating a perspective. It's a certain kind of certainty that the way we look Uh, uh, and the learned way we look, meaning the categories that we use, the language that we use, the, the, the perspective, uh, and if I may use philosophical terms, the ontology that we use, uh, th- that these are all just uh, things uh, that are as they are, but uh, they are not. Uh, they, we created them. Uh, humans created them. And if I dare to let loose I get very uncertain because I basically lose the ground underneath my feet. And people who uh, are a little more in the friction point because they have different ontologies. They have the Western, they mostly they are also educated in Western ontology, but also they, they, they have their traditional one, the Indian ones. They, they, they are more aware that there are alternatives. And to start to get more uncertain about this big buildings that we create, uh, that we call education, and, and, and maybe uh, see that we de- need to deconstruct them in order to set something free that was kind of put in between us and the world is something that, uh, at least for me, was very difficult to, to let in. And I, I guess this is really one of the core points that you try to do with Third Space, to just make us aware Hey guys, there is something you you don't see it, but there is something, and it's called the Western perspective. Exactly, exactly. Um, so uh, yes, and um, I mean, obviously, it, it, it is it is challenging because you know our our way of, of perceiving things, our form of knowledge, is is very secure for us. It's like how we've been brought up, and you know, it, it, so taking the step to question that. And to to maybe perceive that this is just one way of looking at the world is a, is a big challenge. Um, but um, I think uh, that 
it is really, there's no way around it, I think, if we are to, and this is really the heart of what I would say our sort of intercultural dialogue uh, work is really about, and uh, is to is to start to, you know, I think to have the courage to actually recognize and, you know, recognizing that actually we, when we start to, which I think we are beginning to do, actually, to see the limitations of our own form of knowledge, to recognize that it is a form of knowledge uh, rather than the only way of looking at the world. I think um, if we're willing to have the courage to take that step, then I think I, I think you said when you were just speaking, you said a nice phrase. I said, you, you know, it's like setting something free. Uh, and I think that that is a very nice way of putting it. And I think that's very much what it's about, because when we when we allow ourselves to recognize, oh, you know, perhaps this is just one way of looking at things, then that process enables this uh, process of unlearning in which we can discover, hey, that, that, that actually it, it frees up our way, it frees up, let's say, our, our, our form of thinking, how we think about things from this very rigid system that we've been educated in to see that actually um, we can look at things and see things in a much more connected way. Um, and because one of the aspects of Western thinking is that it, it, um, it takes us on very um, distinct, tending to be binary um, ways of, of looking at the world. It's either this or it's that. And, and it tends to be very restrictive in that way. And all of our systems are based on that form of thinking. And it's very hard for us to actually get out of it because we're, we don't know any other way of looking at things. That's why I, 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 I mean, part of what we're trying to do with Third Space is recommend that people spend time in another civilization so that they can actually literally experience um, of that sense of freedom that can come about by spending a time in, in a civilization that functions in, a, in an entirely different way. I mean, what you're describing, uh, you really also could describe as a liberation process. Because um, our Western civilization was so much the dominant civilization of the world that it literally became very difficult, if not uh, impossible, to see beyond it. But now something is changing. There are new powers rising. There are new civilizations rising. And uh, there is a new friction uh, because uh, the voice of these uh, civilizations are, are heard. And what you're saying is let's have the humility to question. That doesn't mean that everything uh, our Western civilization is saying is wrong. It doesn't mean it all, but let's question it so th that we can go really uh, deeper and see the, fu the, the, the fundamentals where, where this worldview is built on and to see also in the dialogical process with others uh, that... Uh, not everything is just a natural given. It's, it, these, these are constructs. And of course, we don't know where we will go. It's not, it's not a given that the Indian perspective is the right perspective, uh, that the, the European is the wrong one or whatever. But just ha let's have the guts to put this aside and see when we let go of this, how a new integration can emerge. 
But to do this for real, one really has to let go. And that is a deeper process than one thinks. Exactly. And I, I do think the process of real intercultural dialogue is, is a challenging one um, for that reason. But, I, you know, let's look at this in a very simple way. I mean, to me, it's almost like let's have a conversation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Only because the, the, one of the issues with the West is, is because um, we as a civilization have been so convinced in our superiority. Um, it's that conversation has never been able to happen. Um, I mean, there was a time, there was a time, um, if we go back in history, uh, you know, long before the period of colonization, uh, there was a time in the world where there was a very natural exchange uh, between cultures, you know, on, on multiple levels between trade, religion, um, systems of, of governance, all of these things were, uh, were, were the, the, there wasn't this, um, there, there was a, yeah, there was, I would say it was just simply put, there was a natural exchange going on on multiple levels. And I think um, we've really lost that now because the world has been become so dominated by Western forms of knowledge um, that um, the conversation has been lost. Uh, so we don't, we, we, I think it's important to recognize we're not really having a conversation at the moment. Mm-hmm. And I think that even though the now, I think I would say that there isn't, there's an emerging interest in having a conversation, a recognition that there are real limitations to Western forms mm-hmm. of knowledge is definitely, is definitely happening. Um, I think in a big way. Um, so I think the next step is to actually start having that conversation. Um, and, and, and this obviously doesn't just refer to India. It refers, I mean, I mean, a lot of it also refers very much, particularly in terms of the natural world in, in, in indigenous cultures mm-hmm. that have, that are very, um, integrated into the natural world. There's so much that we can learn from them, but traditionally we've had such a sense of our own superiority in the, in, in the West that we, that we've been quite incapable of, of, of having that kind of conversation. Mm-hmm. I, I, I like this term of uh, just having a conversation because it it clarifies something. And in the danger of oversimplifying things, I would like to kind of connect it with the uh, with the image of just having a conversation between two people and taking the other serious as an adult versus having a con- conventional conversation with it with the kid. And to see uh, in, in a conventional conversation with the kid, not that I also could have a different relationship with the kid, but that's a different point. Uh, there is a context that is my adultness I talk to the kid to, and basically my adultness contextualizes the kid. I don't take it serious. It's just a kid. And we can have a conversation, but it's a different conversation when I take you serious as being an adult other. And in order to hear you, I really have to make space for you. It means I have to let go of my own world. And I admit this is a very simple, simplified image, but uh, it, it tells something what we do as civilizations. Uh, we, we have this image of us being the adults and the other being the kids. And of course, we talk to them and we are interested to learn from them. But basically, uh, we are the adults. But what we are suggesting, let's hold off that a little bit and let's 
take the other serious as an adult other. Mm-hmm. And for that, I have to question myself because obviously I'll seize the world other. Uh, and, and, and if I take you serious as a as, as human person and you, you, you say really something different, uh, uh, I have two choices. I can contextualize you in my world. And basically I know already why you're saying what you're saying and why you're saying something that I don't see. So, or I can make space for that there's something that someone sees really different and maybe uh, it irritates me. Maybe it scares me. Maybe it makes me angry, whatever. Maybe I just don't understand. But if this happens between civilizations, like it can happen between two people having a conversation as we are having a conversation right now, there's a creative moment. And this creative moment seems to be maybe a liberating moment for us as uh, a world civilization. Yes, I, I, I totally agree because I think we're not, I think if we, I think it's interesting to look at that, particularly in the current, uh, we could say, world crisis of Western civilization that we're in right now. And I think, you know, the the potential for this conversation we're talking about um, is really is very much appearing now, because I think many people in in the Western world are starting to recognize the um, the deficiencies of Western forms of knowledge. So it's, there is a beginning there. Um, it's quite interesting now that, you know, um, uh, you know, a lot of attention is going towards uh, more indigenous cultures that have more of a connection to the natural world. Uh, so already you can see there is the beginnings of a recognition of, of the limitations of our own forms of knowledge. And I think, you know, that we, that we need to look elsewhere. Uh, because, you know, so, so that is that, that's the beginning of the kind of humility that I think we, we really need. And, um, and it's not only also about looking elsewhere, but I think what, what's also starting to happen, particularly in some forms of, of postmodern thinking and in new science, mm-hmm. There is a, a, a another form of universalism, uh-huh. which which is starting to begin to to make some sort of inroads. Um, uh, which is now now why is it that we are in the West starting to number one we're starting to recognise the deficiencies of our own forms of knowledge, but we're also recognising there's something else in these civilizations that are more connected to the natural world that have a more holistic way of looking at things that speaks to something in us right so that to me is also very fascinating because it points to another form of universalism perhaps than the than the only form of universalism that we're familiar with which is the western one can you say more uh uh, you really meant this emphasis that it speaks to us as a form of universal. What are you pointing here to? What well, is I, think, this? I, think, I think, for example, if we take, you know, many of the symptoms of, 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 uh, uh, of Western forms of knowledge, I mean, let's take one really classic one, alienation. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, um, I mean, alienation, a loss of meaning and purpose. Um, I think people are starting to recognize that um, <clears throat> that you know are uh, the way we've separated ourselves from the natural world, for example, um, you know people are feeling the need to be more connected to the natural world 
that, that there's something in that connection mm-hmm. and in that relationship which is inherent to our own sense of being mm-hmm. you know so that that sense that perhaps you know of, of a different of an entirely different relationship to the natural world um is we're starting to feel the need for it mm-hmm. um because we rec- because we recognize that um we've cut ourselves off from mm-hmm. life as a whole if i understand you right uh what you're pointing here to is uh there's a, f- a form of universalism that's very much built on let's call it uh western rationalism and that's that's good that uh, that's a powerful a powerful achievement i don't want, I, i don't want to kind of make this something just bad Indeed. but what you're pointing to there's something different uh and where you pointed right now is there's for example a longing for connectedness for being connected mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and this is not uh rationalistic this is not kind of a form of logic but it's something that we share with everyone this need for connection let's look at that uh and take it serious and see that this this, this human need for connectedness is something that has its own right and maybe to just kind of put it aside and put everything to the frame of a rationalistic analysis uh, kind of uh, misses the point somehow that this part of you of, of human universalism has to be important and that many, maybe many of our, our problems that we are having are coming from the point uh, of, of coming from the place that we miss that that we miss out on that Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but for, for that we have to let go a lot because there are a lot of rational arguments that come in why you should put this in that frame frame but you say wait a moment maybe this is more direct maybe, maybe this is more primary and maybe uh, the connectedness that uh, indigenous cultures are very aware of that traditional cultures are very aware of is something that we need to listen to because that's part of the solution for our problems in this very much so very much so and um I mean, I think it's important to say that we're we're not talking about uh, one form of thinking being superior to the other. Mm-hmm. But I think what we're what we're talking about is we're trying to get to a point where we, in a way, we have the free use of our own form of thinking, right? Because the problem with our form of thinking is that it's it's not very free. It, 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 it's not free because we we're not seeing it as only one form of thinking. Mm-hmm. So when we when we can begin to see that it's one form of thinking then we can then we can see what its place is in relationship to other forms of thinking and I think that's why this conversation analogy I think is just like very critical because we're not saying one is better than the other but we're saying there needs to be a conversation between both if we're going to actually find a way to respond to the kind of crises that we're facing right now mm-hmm. And it seems what you are doing with your website third space is to create a place where first the other is seen and where this uh, this dialogue but also this provocation and confrontation can take place just by being exposed to because yeah. if i understand you right uh, what you really first try to do is to expose us to something that usually is hidden 
Can you just explain more what what do you try to achieve with Third Space? What's what's your vision with it? What do you try to do? Uh, what's the learning point of this website? Okay, so that that that's great. Yeah. So um, so on one hand, uh, uh, Third Space is is a publishing forum uh, for what I would describe as uh, alternative forms of thinking alternative ways of looking at the world now they could come from other civilizations but it also is coming very much now from inside our own civilization and so um what what we exactly as you said i think what we're trying to highlight and showcase is are these are these other ways that we can look at things number one and also the fact that we do look at things in a very particular way and the, and also, you know, uh, trying to look at the historical consequences um, because another important part of this is also kind of understanding the historical consequences of looking at the world in, in a particular way and, and, and pushing aside all other ways of looking at the world. How, what have been, what's the historical consequences of that? That helps one to get to the point where one can say, oh, that's interesting. So, um, so actually there is a particular way of looking at the world that we have been embedded in. And that's the start point. So I think we're, on, we're, we're trying to highlight, uh, both kind of the historical perspective of how we, how we, how this particular form of thinking has developed. And to show that actually it is one particular form of thinking and then to highlight and showcase these other ways of looking at the world and how they're emerging, how they're emerging both in, both in, in, in the West and also in other civilizations. Mm. So that's one part of what we're trying to do with third space. The other part is to actually have and, and develop these intercultural dialogues, uh, in real time, in real places, such as in, in, in particularly in India at the moment where we can actually um, explore this process that we've been speaking about. So how can people take part in this work? What are the access points? So the access points are, um, we are really, as I said, we're, we, we are a, a, a publishing forum. So we're very mm. interested in people, uh, you know, uh, who, who are, have been thinking about these issues themselves mm. and exploring them in, in sharing their own thoughts and, 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 uh, um, reflections, um, about these questions. So, um, because we, we're really trying to create a community, um, it, which is exploring, um, this inter, intercultural, let's say inter-civilizational, intercultural dialogue in different forms. So on one hand, we're looking for articles, we're looking for, for blogs, people's thoughts and reflections and their own experience about these questions. And, um, we also, uh, we, we are, um, engaging in dialogue, um, about these questions, particularly in India. Um, and, um, we are in the process of setting up a, uh, a structure that, um, what, what we call immersive journeys. Mm -hmm. uh, in which um, individuals who are interested can spend time uh, in India um, within certain projects where they can actually have an experience directly of, of um, 
living in living and working in a civilization that 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 has a a very different form of thinking uh, inherent to its culture. Hmm. The URL of the website is thirdspace.org. Is that right? The website is uh, thirdspace-dash.org. Dot org. Yeah. So I guess that's the first access point to uh, to just also uh, just read because I read it. Maybe I, I think I might have got that slightly wrong. So it's third-space.org. Third-space. And that's three. The letter that that is the number three, not the not T H I R D. So that's okay. Okay. Uh, and uh, we also will have, uh, everyone who got the invitation for this uh, webcast has the URL also on your invitation, so you just can click there and uh, go to your website. Because I think the starting first starting point is just to uh, expose yourself to just see how people have different life experience. And as you're saying, how different civilizations have different life experience and let this uh, allow this, that this does something to you. I guess that's, uh, that, 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 that's, that's the starting point because also as I understand your uh, immersive uh, journeys is just to get exposed, to get exposed uh, that life has uh, different realities And um, it's not even necessary to, to say what the outcome will be of that. In fact, it's even important that the outcome is open. But uh, to, to allow us to meet, to meet the other, to come back to uh, the, the example that the conversation, the other can be the individual other, but it can be, can be also the other civilization. And then we can come together differently on this planet when we see that all these civilizations have developed enormous depth of experience and wisdom that somehow we only can integrate when we make space for that. Exactly, exactly. And, and I think, you know, there's multiple reasons why we need to start doing that, and, you know, crisis we're in. And also I think the growing recognition of the inequalities between Uh, you know, with Western civilization and, and, and the historical reasons for that. All of these things are starting to, to, to meet together now in a, in a recognition that we need to open ourselves up to other forms of thinking. And I think that's why, um, as you said, I think the starting point is just to, to be willing to, uh, to have that conversation and see what happens. I think that's the beginning. Steve, also, thank you very much for this conversation as this starting point. The work that you and also your partner, Mary Adams, are doing with Third Space, I think, is really uh, a crucial contribution to also look how we can create an integrated world culture. Let's put it that way, how we can come together and how we can find ways where the multitude of human civilizations can, can find forms of integration. So... I, I really appreciate uh, where you're going and the contribution that you're making with this and also for sharing this work with us here in this webcast. Thank, Thank you very, very much. much. Thank you very much for having me on Radio Evolve.